The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Absent Minded. I'm joined by a good friend, by someone I really, really respect. I actually respect all my guests. If you listen, <laughs> I respect you all, as you know. But but this one especially, uh, he's not up to Timu Kunari uh, level, or no one is up to Julian Kemmer uh, level yet. And we haven't yeah. had Julian on for, for obvious reasons for quite some time. But uh, Hadi Kalakesh, it's so good to have you on. Of course, anytime I'm on, it's a it's a fun time. So I'm glad to be discussing Habs prospects again. Absolutely, I mean, like we have to also mention that the the best of times is actually before or after we've done the pod, right? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Our little talks always great. <laughs> Indeed, and we're going to talk about the defenders in the North American system. We got to toss in some of the uh, of the Europeans as well. I'm going to give you some some chance to to reflect on Nurmi and Engstrom and Kostenko. Um, but uh, yeah, let's start with Kostenko. Uh, he's had a decent season, let's be honest about that. He's mm-hmm. playing where NHL careers go to die in in <laughs> in Kulun uh, Red Stars in Beijing in in, in China. Yeah. Uh, in KHL. KHL is not known for producing big defenders or or, or big NHL defenders, not big mm-hmm. in, in, in the size, but like strong, good players. Quality. Yeah. Quality players. Where do you see Kostenko? Because let's be honest, he's taken a step forward first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he spent the entire season in the KHL, which is a step up. Um, it was with Kunlun Red Star on a loan. Um, and Kunlun Red Star is pretty much the worst team in the KHL. Uh, and, you know, four points of 52 games, you kind of look at that and go, I, this isn't really anything impressive, but honestly, um, I, I feel like Kostenko really reached a new level once he hit the playoffs last year with um, with uh, Voskarensk in the um, uh, in, in the VHL. I think that's when he took a major step up offensively, and it's just that he's had limited minutes with very very poor teammates. But I think that his playmaking's come a couple steps um, since his draft year. You know, he's two years removed from his draft year. There's some things that obviously are going to improve, but I was really impressed with the way that he's able to string plays together. Um, his teammates have a lot of trouble finishing his, his chances that he creates, but he's just been really solid at at kind of connecting plays in transition and in the offensive zone. I think that's, some, that's one thing that's come a long way, but I still don't really expect much out of Kostenko. There's a lot of um, weaknesses. I, I think that he's decent physically, but the mechanics of his board battles are pretty off. Um, his stick positioning is still something that will need to come a long way. There's a couple things in this game that I, I really kind of need to see a lot of improvement in before I'm comfortable kind of projecting him as anything more than at most an AHLer. Um, but you know, there's still something to build off of with its offensive kind of baseline and his physicality is it's, he's, he's very toolsy and he's very kind of physically developed. So I think those are two things that'll give him a leg up on a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, teammates and, and, and a lot of defensemen in the system next year. 
Um, but there's a lot of ways to go. I, I don't think, I think it's a bit too early to kind of be talking about coming over to North America or anything like that. I'd give him a couple more years. Uh, yeah. And a good thing is that Montreal has his rights forever, more or less. Pretty um, much. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with there being no deal between the NHL and KHL, that's one thing. Um, yeah. I spoke with his uh, under 18 national team coach and he graded him as a C prospect more or less last year. Yeah. Um, uh, and he said that it was Kostenko's, he needed to think the game faster. Do you agree? Has he taken a step there? I know both of us has watched clips. We haven't really watched big, like big games and, and strong games from him. But mm. do you have the feeling that he thinks the game better and faster at this point rather than what he did last year? I haven't seen any indication yet that he really has made major progress in that end. I think he's pretty much been par for the course in terms of what you'd expect from a player heading into their their 20-year-old season. Um, nothing really that makes me think, okay, this is now something that he can build off of. This is a he's he's built it up enough to the point where it's a foundation off which he can build his game. I think it's still an issue. Um, the 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 processing speed that he's uh, kind of forced to face in the KHL. He's kind of occasionally getting overwhelmed by that, um, you know, just having to to keep up with the, the 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 high speed wingers that are kind of barreling down his wing and um, just being able to understand when and how to pivot in order to keep up with them. That kind of thing is still an issue. Uh, so, yeah, I, I still think there's some room to improve on that end. But, you know, to say that he hasn't improved at all would be uh, an overstatement. I think there are some minor steps that he's taken, but nothing overall me. Yeah, I have him as a D, uh, yeah. a weak D. He's a passing grade, but it's not much yeah. more. You, it's, it's what you expect. Do you agree with that assessment, or, or, or do you have sure? Him? Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's about what you'd expect from a player heading into the twenty year old seasons. It hasn't been overwhelming. He hasn't been necessarily underwhelming. Um, and yeah, just the fact that he spent the entire year in the KHL for me is kind of a step up. Uh, but there's still a lot of ways to go. Um. We're going to mention, uh, we have a, you, you probably already listened to it, um, but uh, we have a, a podcast with Timo Kunari who explains uh, Petteri Nurmi's season in Liga. Um, but what have you seen from Nurmi? I mean, like he was drafted in the seventh round, no rager, et cetera, et cetera, good trajectory. Mm-hmm. You, everyone knows my feelings about him, so I'm just going to give it your feelings. I feel like he's improved a lot offensively, which for me is big because I saw him as pretty much a, a defensive only kind of player um, in his draft year. Uh, well, last year, rather, which was his draft list, too. I mean, you saw a really good shutdown defender who was playing beside, um, uh, you know, no, beside a guy who's really offensively leaning, you know, the type of guy who's going to be able to complement the offensive players a lot better. Um, but the steps he's taken in terms of his offensive game, in terms of getting comfortable playing the puck out of his zone, in terms of um, manning the blue line, you know, uh, moving laterally along the blue line to open up his shooting lanes, that kind of thing. It's helped him a lot in terms of kind of projecting his offensive bit better. Um, I, I still feel like he hasn't really taken a major step up in terms of his offense. There's still some, some things about his playmaking that I'm like, man, if he just layered a tiny bit of deception into that pass, he would have made it. Um, that kind of thing. I, I think it's pretty simplistic, but he has taken some strides in terms of getting more confident with the puck in terms of playing it out more frequently from his zone and not relying on dump outs or, or short passes in order to just, you know, kind of play it safe and delegate his problems to others. I feel like 
on some occasions he is solving problems before um, dishing the puck, which is really important. Um, I think that if you're able to, you know, put the puck in a condition for your teammate where they're better off with it than they, than you were, that's great. Um, I, that's the main issue that I have with a lot of defensemen is that they delegate their problems. So they basically make the puck someone else's problem, right? Um, and, and for me, a big, big thing that I look for in defensemen is something that I really like about a guy like Axel Sending Pelica or, or Luca Cagnoni is that they don't delegate their problems. They solve them with their passes. So their pass is a way for them to solve an issue. It's not a way for them to just relieve pressure and be like, okay, this is yours now. Take it. You know, um, I feel like Normie's still at that stage where he's still occasionally kind of delegating his problems, but slowly but surely he's getting to a point where he's comfortable making passes that are thought out, that are more intelligent. His his pressure threshold has has, has raised a bit, so he's more comfortable holding on to the puck, maybe a second or two longer, that kind of thing. I think that that's kind of what's improved in this game. We have to remember, and and uh, I'm sorry to spring this on you, Hadi, yeah. because you haven't heard the the interview with Timo yet. But mm-hmm. um, the fact that that he was ill, he had mononucleosis for three months, that yeah. obviously impacted his season. Oh, for sure. I mean, that that'll impact any prospect season. Um, but I I still think that the progress in Normie's game is something that you can really kind of be shined upon. Um, for, for me, he, he, he's had kind of a C plus B minus type mm-hmm. season where he's added some, some, some aspects to his game that are really, really interesting. Um, but there's still a lot of progress required for me to kind of consider him as, as a front runner for an NHL role in the future. I think it's a very interesting pick. We, we've spoken about this before. We've spoken about it with Timo. We've spoken about it with Hani. We've spoken about it with myself, that mm-hmm. the trajectories has always been positive, uh, for, for Noemi. And yeah. it has been the this year as well. He's taken another step. It's it's one of for those sure. where you you have him for four years because you drafted mm-hmm. him in the with your last pick in the seventh round, more or less. Uh, yeah. So you have him for four years. There's three more years to go. You have a good evaluation process. You also have a lot of data because you see he's trending upwards. Uh, yeah. Timo mentions potential national team time next season uh, because in in one of the smaller European tournaments. Uh, Switzerland or, or Finland or, 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 or something like that. Uh, maybe Sweden. Sweden, probably Czechia. I would be say that. Uh, Switzerland or Czechia, because Sweden and Finland, they're going to go with their big, big names in both tournaments, both Sweden and Finland. Um, yeah. Normally, it would be the Russian tournament, Izvestia or, or Channel One, that, that is known as now. Uh, for me, it's always going to be Izvestia. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, Normi, smart player. Um, yeah. and, and what we've heard from his coach, comes into work every day, um, puts all the effort in to become better, uh, struggle with an illness. I have him the same way. Uh, I think I finished with a B minus actually because of going from four points in 58 games to to 15 points in 45, 43. Yeah. It's, it's really impressive, especially at a professional level. He was the uh, seventh most used defenseman in, in Hopeco and... <laughs> He was the fifth in scoring, which, you know, credit to him in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, going over to, we're crossing the Gulf of Botnia and ending up on the co- west coast of Sweden, where we cannot give Autumn Engstrom anything but an A. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The steps forward in his game have been tremendous. Um, my big knock on him was his 
you know, his defensive angling, especially off the rush, he wasn't mm-hmm. really kind of scanning well enough. And um, that was kind of preventing him from having a positive defensive impact that has changed drastically in this game. He's still taking a lot of risks, but he's in a system right now with Rugla where that's favored, where he's encouraged to take more risks to figure out what works and what doesn't. And I feel I've mentioned this a lot, but, you know, experimentation is the best way to develop new skills and and kind of improve your game. So I, I think he's in a perfect position to continue doing that. Um, the score sheet kind of hides a lot of what I really, really like about Engstrom, which is his offensive activation, his offensive brain and general um and that's no knock on his his score sheet either i mean 16 points in in 43 games is not bad at all well um take a look at that playoff run oh yeah no absolutely that that's when i really felt like the score sheet represented what angstrom was bringing to the game um he was really impressive in the playoffs in terms of his ability so impressive that the opposing coach highlighted him in his post uh series analysis absolutely Uh, which, which credits where credit due. I know uh, Coach Olson, uh, uh, and uh, you know I, I I can give him a call almost whenever I want. Not right now <laughs> because it's twenty minutes until Game Three in the finals. Uh, yeah, but but uh, you know he doesn't take that lightly. It's uh, he's a hockey lover first and foremost, and he will say what comes to his mind. I I really appreciate that. I can see some of that pop, pop, poppy puppy thingy uh, <laughs> still in his defensive end not a puppy and that's something completely different obviously <laughs> uh, but but uh, the puppy things where he overworks or over like over pursues yeah uh, that is something obviously that will be worked on I'm mm-hmm. really interested as well because Rugler has taken the under 20 coach that has worked a lot with Adam Engstrom in defense mm-hmm. to become the defensive coach on the A team this week yeah very very interesting and we're going to have something about that later on this summer um we're not here because europeans are not they're they're one of your strong points but uh, your real strong point is the north american defenders and and let's start with jason struble yeah so Drayden struble for me is he's continued to be one of the most physical presences in the ncaa and i watched a couple of his laval games and that did not go anywhere um the the point totals kind of hide a lot of what make Jaden Struble a more interesting prospect in my opinion than uh, a lot of the guys that are in that lower end. Um, he's kind of the forgotten guy. Uh, I feel a lot of the time, but man, the physical presence combined with the skating, combined especially with the composure that he shows going out of his zone. Um, I feel like twelve points in thirty one games was it feels like a lie. A lot of the time he was making so many good plays that I'm honestly astounded that his point totals were that low. Watching the games, he was standing out. Um, I feel like he's sometimes a bit too aggressive uh, heading back into his zone. He can throw ahead and take himself out of a play. That's still a concern. It's you know he has trouble pacing himself. Uh, you mentioned that kind of puppy element with Adam Engstrom. I feel like it's it's especially accentuated in Struble's case. Um, he's chasing plays a lot of the time, but once he gets the puck, you can bet money on him breaking it out with a, a pinpoint accurate pass. He's constantly kind of evaluating all his options, taking things into consideration and making the right play. He's never kind of hitting the first option he sees and just trying to kind of get the puck out of the zone as soon as possible. He's comfortable holding on to it for a second, finding the right lane, making a pass. Um, his shot is underused. I, I feel like he has a very powerful shot, but he doesn't feel as comfortable shooting from the blue line. A lot of the time what he's doing is rimming pucks around the 
um, around the boards behind the goaltender so that a teammate can pick it up behind the net, that kind of thing. But I feel like just working on getting his his confidence up in terms of using his shot to actually put shots on net uh, and, and create rebounds would be something that would actually accentuate his offense a bit more. But yeah, he's, he's a very excitable, very aggressive defender, which is good in some scenarios, but a lot of the time it's taking him out of plays. But once he gets to puck, he's really, really poised and comfortable with it. And uh, I mean, physicality, he's, he's already there, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, he's got, I mean, even in his draft year, he had a pro body. I mean, he, he, he was ready physically for the NHL, both in terms of his strength, of his stamina, um, of his, his ability to kind of not just lay hits, but lean on players, get him off the puck. He's always had kind of the physical tools in order to become an NHLer. It just, it was just about getting the technical tools up there. He was very shifty and skilled with the puck. Um, but his habits were off. His decision-making was off, uh, that kind of thing. It's, it's still a concern. But I feel like especially with the puck, he's gotten so, so much better at breaking out pucks comfortably uh, that that's something you can kind of build this game off of. I'd be surprised to not see him at least get an NHL game or two in the in the next year. Uh, I feel like next year he might kind of see just a, you know, someone will get injured. He might get a call up just to see what they what he can give. And um, I feel like that'll be kind of the the start of Struble's NHL career. Um, but it'll be a long, long time, I feel, before he's actually getting full-time NHL minutes. Uh, it might be three, four, five years before we see him full-time in the NHL. So yeah, right now, I'd give his his, his season kind of a C plus, B minus, um, mainly because there wasn't a real kind of a jump in terms of his potential, in terms of what he can do. He hasn't really improved since last year, um, but it's been a steady kind of performance for him for Northeastern, he's been pretty reliable for them. So yeah, C plus, B minus seems right about about right for me. We've seen his strong play in in Laval though, and, and yeah, that that carries over a little bit. I think we saw that mm-hmm. when he leaned on an opponent, and I was doing the quotation marks in the air here. You can't see it, uh, yeah, and and just you know brushed him a little bit into the post. Yeah, for sure. He's he's always been very very. Um, willing to engage physically he's it's a mindset thing with him he's always been able to just you know drive play um, in a way that really makes sure that defense that opponent opposing wingers are scared to go down his wing and I, I feel like that's a pretty underrated aspect if you're able to influence opponents decision making process just by where you are on the ice and, and how you play um, I think that's something that's really interesting that uh, isn't really talked about as much in, in Struble's game Let's go. I, I will almost said across the pond again, but but um, you know Daniel Sobol, uh, Sobolev, um, yeah. with Winter Spitfires, um, he's in some ways he's I, I think he's gotten better this year. Do you agree with that? Uh it's it's hard to say because there's you know there, there there's been some progress in certain areas but i still feel like the the road is long ahead of Sobolev to make the nhl there's still so much that needs to improve in his game um you know a player of his age by the time that you know you know he's reached 20 years old he mm-hmm. was drafted 2 years ago yes he was a fifth round pick but you'd expect more than 9 points in 48 games out of a 20 year old an overager playing in the uh, in the OHL you know he's taking he's taking an overager spot for the Spitfires mm-hmm. and he's not giving them much of anything that's really kind of impressive yes he's good physically yes he's good you know 
driving back into his zone, tracking back and he's skating um, as a range. Yeah, it's not it's, that extreme skating that we've learned to to appreciate with Russian players. Yeah, exactly. It's it's nothing that kind of blows you out of the water, but at the same time, it's decent enough that he's able to get around on the ice and and stop plays. I feel like his pathway to the NHL is his defense. Um, especially on rush defense, he's very um, aware of threats, and he go he goes he gets back early. So he's really good with a player who's more aggressive, with a defense partner who's a lot more inclined to going deep in the offensive zone and uh, and pinching offensively and defensively that kind of thing. Because he's always going to step back. This is the moment the um, the opposing team gets the puck, he's already skating back. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that you know, he can kind of develop as uh, a pathway to the NHL is just making sure that he's always the defensive mind, the defensive presence on his pair. Um, but I wouldn't expect him to get any more than 10 points at his best in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a point producer by any means. Yeah, I, I, I to be honest, neither of the Russians, I can't see them make the NHL. Exactly, exactly. The, the, the road is long ahead of them. I don't think they really realistically make it. Unless we draft a Russian this year, let's be honest about that. If Mitchkov is drafted by Montreal Canadiens, I can see <laughs> one Russian making the NHL without a doubt. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> um, percent. Mitchkov for me, I mean, I could talk about him for days, but let, let, let's focus on let, the, let's, the. Let's do that at another time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, um, Sobolev. Um, I think his defensive game has improved, but on the other hand, it has cost him his offensive upside. The the little offensive upside he had. Yeah, and uh, that wasn't much to start with. So, no. you know, it's, it's not as big as a loss, you know. Speaking about offensive upside and the, and the heavy shot, uh, I don't know if yeah. it's a howitzer or if it's a tank, but um, <laughs> Logan Mayo, he's a very decisive uh, prospect in many ways, in many regards. Mm-hmm. He's been kept out of the limelight. I know he's worked hard uh, off the ice, uh, out of the spotlight to improve his understanding and, and improves his... Um, standard and mm-hmm. and and, and etc. So yeah. but let's leave that out. Fantastic yeah. shot. Let's be honest about that. Yeah. Brain Just, farts and... in defense. Let's be honest about that. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. That's the main knock on, on him for me so far. It's just there's some decision making issues that are so glaring that you know I have trouble projecting him into uh, a role that is really kind of consistent and realistic in um you know, in the NHL, but still, I mean, the shot itself is so, so massively strong. I, I think he's got one of the hardest, if not the hardest shot outside of the NHL right now. And I'm including Martin Furk in that, who uh, I, I believe got close to Zdeno Chara's uh, record holding slap shot um, in, in the all-star game uh, of the AHL. I mean, he's in that range. He's got an absolutely heavy uh, shot and it's really accurate as well both on the wrist and the slap shot the only thing is the habits that lead up to a shot are an issue so does he set up his shots in a way that the lane is open or does he just try to blast through players you know i've seen him injure more players than he's gotten shots on net in some games like he is he's trying to blast pucks through screens through players he's not really kind of moving laterally to open up the shooting lane um it's the same thing for his passing his passing when he when the lane is there when it's open the pass is on the tape and it's quick and it's accurate and it's strong um but the thing is that the lanes stay open for so long in the a in, in the ohl that it's not a concern for him right now 
but the amount of time he takes with the puck before making a decision has always, always been an issue. And I haven't seen any, you know, improvement on that side. And people talk about his defensive game as being the only issue for me. The, the only issue in his game is the biggest one. And it's the processing because even defensively when it's one-on-one, he's great. He's able to, it's really, really hard to get around him because yeah, well, he's so rangy. That, that he has, it's obvious. Yeah, exactly. It's, he has it, a good reach. He's strong. He's um, balance is strong. So, yeah. so there are some really good things to talk about. Yeah, and he's he's good on pivots. He's He's got great edge work, that kind of thing. All that combines really well when it's one-on-one. But as soon as you add one more player, as soon as there's the, the situation complexifies even slightly as soon as it has to take into consideration oh there's also a pass option completely lost and that's my big issue with, with Mayu is that he needs to improve these areas in his game and um, Adam Nicholas seems adamant on the fact that hockey sense can be improved I'm not sure how how much it can be improved but if Nicholas is right about that and he can get Mayu to even an average kind of processing level, mm. then he's good. It's just that right now, it's not just below average. It's significantly below average, his processing of the game. So that'll need to come five, six, seven steps in mm. order to to make him a, an actual kind of solid, you know, number three, number four defenseman with a skill set. Because he's really, really skilled with the puck. He's really strong. He's really physical. He's got good skating. All of his tools are really, really good good and, and well-developed. It's just, it you, you can have all the tools in the world if you don't know what to do with them, if you don't know how to use them. And, you know, that's the definition of hockey sense for me then you're not going to make it far. So there's a chance that Mayu doesn't make the NHL, but there's also a chance that, you know, the development team manages to improve his processing to a level where he's able to make plays at a high enough speed to keep up with NHL pace. Um, you know, and even if he does make the NHL, if that part doesn't improve, he'll be a player like Rasmus Ristolainen, who really strong, really heavy shot, really good with the puck, but constantly, constantly makes poor decisions and puts his team in trouble. But he's those types of players still get $6 million contracts, as mm-hmm. we can see. So, you know, even though, you know, Ristolainen is a guy who constantly has below, um, below replacement level kind of impact on the ice. If you measure his impact analytically, it's one of the poorest in the NHL. He's still getting massive contracts because of his size, because of his speed, because of his shot. Um, so I feel like Mayu, regardless, will play in the NHL. But in order to make him an actual good player in the NHL, his processing needs to come a long way. Could a team use him as a power play for uh, defender? Sorry, not forward. But but in that regard, a little bit like uh, Eric Gustafsson in, in that regard. I, I feel like, you know, Gustafsson, one of the main things that makes him work offensively is how shifty he is and how... Um, how willing he is to change the angles of the shots, change the angles of his passes. I don't see that from Mayu, um, but the shot is so incredibly hard that honestly, if you just stick him on the second power play at the blue line and just have him just blast pucks on the net, he can get like 10, 15 goals in the season easy. So he, he's an option. I don't think he's got the 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 understanding offensively in order to make positive plays with the puck. But if you have him as your trigger man from the blue line, he's, he's going to get you some goals. It's inevitable. Um, I agree with the fact that he, and, and I, we use this expression, he announces everything he's going to do yeah. before he does it. In, yeah. in uh, and I think he, he, he does that. As you say, if, if Nicholas can, can get him to be a bit more shifty, uh, a bit more shady, a bit more uh, 
um, how should I say, cloak and dagger in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Then, then you have a potential star. I can see that. And I'm not going to, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, but, but yeah, he's also 20 years old, right? Yeah, and and, and player, so we're, we're yeah. talking about other twenty-year-olds and say, you know, they're phasing out. Can they do? How long can you learn, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I know yeah. uh, Mayo is is a de de divisive uh, player in, in many respects. Mm -hmm. Either you love or you hate him. But but let's be honest here. Yeah, Let, let's be truly honest here. Can we sit and say that some twenty-year-olds are not going to learn? And we discard them in a way which is tough for a twenty-year-old, and, and we're just amateurs in some ways. Yeah. Uh, but but can we say that another is bound to succeed? Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at players uh, in, in his age group, um, you know, players who are up to twenty years old. You know, even if you just look this year, you know, among the players who are twenty or under, among the defensemen who are twenty or under, uh, in terms of their point totals. Uh, I believe he's in the he's in the nine to twelve range in terms of the prospect. I'll, I'll just check this real quick to be hundred percent sure. Um, but he's not having a record breaking offensive season. His goal totals are ridiculous. I mean, twenty five goals mm -hmm. is absurd. But yeah, among twenty or under defensemen this year, he's tenth in scoring. There's prospects who weren't drafted who are who are ahead of him. There's draft eligibles this year that are ahead of him. Um, you know, there's a guy who was drafted in his draft year. Uh, uh, it was uh, Jack Matier who's got about the same number of points. Um, and and Jack Matier was drafted in the fourth round, so I wouldn't say that his his point totals are off the charts ridiculous, like a Pavel Minchikov or someone like that. He's he's been you know he, he's about where you'd expect a player that was drafted in the mid rounds to be in terms of points range. So he's not the type of guy who you kind of throw all your cards out and be like, this is the guy. This is the guy that I'm hedging all my bets on. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. He's not had an awful season by any means, but it's it's not something that you kind of look at and be like, oh, he's too good for the OHL. There's still a lot of improvement required in this game. I, I think that kind of throwing the cards in on any player is, is hard. Um, but with Mayu, I feel like he's at the peak of his value right now. And if you can get, I don't know, a first round pick or a, an established NHL defenseman for him, something like that, I think you pull the trigger on that move. Um, but at the end of the day, there's just there's still some runway to improve with Mayu, and I'm kind of curious to see what um, Adam Nicholas can get out of him because beyond just giving him that cloak and dagger element of being able to be shifty and elusive and lose himself in coverage and all that stuff, he needs to process a game at a high enough speed because his decision-making is not only bad, it's slow. And you can't have slow and bad decision-making you know, once you reach the NHL level. So that for me is the biggest and pretty much the only thing stopping him from being a regular NHLer. So if you can get that to an average level, you might get something good in my, but um, I, I feel like that's a big ask. So yeah, right now I think his values at this at, at its peak and um, a, a trade would be an interesting aspect, but if the Habs decide to keep him, I don't think they should trade him, you know, next year or the year after or anything like that. I think that this is the year to trade them if they do. If not, just keep him and see what you can do. And what grade are you giving his season? I'd, I'd give it a C plus, B minus in the same range uh, as uh, as Normie and, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, nothing that blows you out of the water. His point totals haven't been ridiculously good. Um, but he's 
he's been good enough that he's been getting regular ice time. He's been, you know, getting a lot of attention from opponents. He's been facing kind of first lines, that kind of thing. So yeah, the C plus B B minus kind of range for me makes sense for him. Uh, And unfortunately guys, because I'm going to spoil Hardy's grade here because we've gone from, you know, a D to a B to an A from Mm -hmm. a C plus B minus D C plus B minus to another a because we're going to talk about hudson for about <laughs> two hours oh we can do that uh, i can absolutely <laughs> spend the entire podcast just talking Lane about hudson, hey what yeah. a season not being up for the hobie baker award absolutely yes. atrocious yeah um, but but we had i mean everyone had because he should i remember having a podcast or conversation with you before the draft i had one with uh uh, Sean McGilligan as well, um, and and everyone was saying, and and Brock Otten over at both of them over at at uh, McKean's, yeah, and Dobler obviously not not back then, but 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 now you are, and mm-hmm. and that's for your good work, and David as well, uh, David Saint Louis, uh, yeah, but but everyone was saying if he was bigger he'd go top ten, if he was yeah. bigger, and with this season he would go top three. Oh, I mean, for me, in a redraft right now, with his current size, he would still go top 15. Um, A lot of people were concerned with just his ability to make the NCAA and do a good job of it. Because the NCAA are facing up to 24-year-olds that are six foot plus. That's a lot of the wingers are facing. Um, That was a big, big, big concern uh, of a lot of teams. Would he even be able to work in the NCAA, let alone the NHL? He's not just managed to make it work in the NCAA. He's been literally the best defenseman in the entire NCAA. Um, his point totals are off the charts ridiculous. He matched Brian Leach's uh, draft uh, draft plus one season um, in, in terms of points. Just been absolutely electrifying from the blue line. He led his team, Boston University, which is a pretty loaded team uh, in scoring. Um, he, he scored more than guys like Jeremy Wilmer and, uh, Luke Tuck, of course. And, uh, you know, he is so funny because the first maybe 15 games of the season, he was on their second pair and their second power play and was still leading the team in scoring. Um, one big, big thing that improved in Hudson's game that wasn't there last year as, as prominently was his ability to get involved in rushes. Because a lot of his points came from just throwing bombs up the ice in terms of passes from the from his defensive zone and letting his teammates do the rest or activating from the blue line in the offensive zone once his team got in, got settled there. But the one thing that was I felt was really missing from his offensive game was, is he able to jump into rushes as a fourth forward and create off his stick directly in transition? He has brought that to a whole new level. I think he tripled the amount of rush chances that he creates um, from last year. And that's while going up a big level. Because the difference between the USHL and the NCAA is massive. So going up a level and tripling the amount of rush chances he creates means that Hudson studied his game and understood what was missing from him offensively. And was like, how do I incorporate that in my game? And he's done that seamlessly. Um, his skill set already kind of leaned into that as a, a, an asset, as a strength he could develop, and he's just exploited that massively. On top of that, there have been some improvements in his defensive game, slight improvements in his skating. 
um, so many different areas that were concerns in this game have come two, three steps ahead that you have no choice but to give him an A+. He's had a record-breaking season in which he improved a lot of the issues with his game. There's just no way you can give a player with that type of season any less than an A+. It's just been an amazing season for him. So what can we expect from next season except for a, a Hobie Baker award? Ah. Oh. Man, if if he doesn't get the Hobie Baker next year, is that some other draft eligible or otherwise player who shouldn't be in the NCAA is in the NCAA because he's going to have so much more opportunities to to make himself the staple of that team, the, the, the focal point of that team, especially now that the guy who was ahead of them for the first 15 games, Dominic Fensor, he's aging out. So he's not going to be there next year. He's pretty much going to be their top defenseman in terms of ice time, in terms of situations. He might even see some penalty killing situations. He's just going to see a whole lot of ice time. So it's, I can just imagine what he can do with that. I, I don't think like his 15 goals in 39 games were pretty much due to a high percentage of shots. Um, he, he, he I think his shooting percentage was like 20, 22% which isn't sustainable, especially for a defenseman. So I'd expect his goal totals to drop, but I think he's going to you know, he's gonna get a lot more assists because an entire offseason to work on his game even further, to improve his defensive side, to improve his skating, his lower body strength, he's going to be really, really fun to follow next year. I'm really excited to see what he can do. And obviously he's going to hang uh, on every surface that he can in order to stretch out and become a little, little, little <laughs> bit taller. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we we affectionately call him Bone Boy uh, because of his antics last year at the combine. I'm pretty sure his dad put him up to that though. His his dad uh, once messaged me on Twitter, saying like, uh, "You you're really smart for putting him in your first round. He's gonna grow to five ten. Uh, you know, I I didn't start growing until college. All that stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you're a hockey dad. I'm, I'd expect you to go to bat for your for your uh, for your son." But he was right. Credit to him. Indeed. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on as always, Hadi. You can follow Hadi Kalakesh at Hadi underscore scouting uh, in, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, yeah. You find him over at Double Prospects. Obviously, find him at Eyes on the Price. Mm-hmm. Um, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to give Hadi a follow if you don't, because then you're doing something wrong on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll be back shortly with a little bit of a surprise. For uh, for you guys, because Hadi and I have tried to come up with something completely different.